All right. Hey, welcome to church today. Come on. My name is Andrew. For those of you that do not know me, I am the lead pastor, and, and I'm so excited that you're here today. I want to thank everybody that's watching us online right now, wherever you're watching us from, whether it's Texas or Germany. We have people all over the world watching us right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are in a series. Um, and before we get into that, real, real quick, uh, I want you to make sure that you grab one of these cards uh, on your way out or a couple of them. Um, this, is, this is our Easter invite cards. And on the back of this Easter invite card, we have everything that's going on this, this week. Um, several years ago, the Holy Spirit just really pressed upon my heart that um, that week should really be focusing on Jesus, okay? And we call it Passion Week, and, and many of you have never experienced Passion Week here at Passionate Life Church, and it starts off on Wednesday with Journey to the Cross, and then fr Good Friday service, and then our three services uh, on Easter weekend. And so grab one of these, grab a couple of these, invite someone to the, the Easter week, okay? Um, it, it, it's just an amazing week of focusing on what Jesus uh, did for us, and then um, it reminds you to invite yourself to these things. Come on, somebody, you know, I need to invite myself. Come on, somebody. All right. Awesome. Um, hey, and then uh, it is the first of the month. And, and so if you didn't get one of these all-in-ones and you want to take communion with us, uh, I will make sure that you get one. Um, before we, we go into response time, we're going to take it part of our response time today because it's the first of the month. And, and um, the, the thing about communion here at Passionate Life Church is we take it really seriously. Uh, communion is for the believer, okay? So if you're not a believer, please refrain from taking communion. Uh, communion is a time that, that we self-reflect. We examine ourselves, what Jesus did for us. We don't do it out of religious obligation, but we do it out of remembrance of what he did for us. Um, if you're not a Christian today and you want to take communion, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So you can, come on, you can take communion with us, all right? And then uh, the last thing before we get into God's word today, um, this, uh, this last Thursday, we had our first worship night for our youth, and it was amazing. Let me tell you, man, our worship team is so good and so amazing, and it was just an awesome time to just worship uh, with our students. And so uh, starting this Thursday, uh, we're really changing a lot of what we're doing uh, in our youth. Uh, we're separating the high school students from the middle school students um, three times uh, a month month. And then the first of every month, what we're going to try to do is have a worship night uh, and game night. Um, and, and let me tell you, this Thursday, it was so amazing to just be in here and worship God and then just be able to go and connect with the students, whether we're playing card games or board games or some of them were playing in the gym, dodgeball and basketball. And so it was just an amazing night uh, of connection and worshiping. And so uh, the first of every month, and we're going to be sending out the schedule to the parents and, and, and to our students here. Uh, but man, I, I'm just so excited about this change and being able to separate our high school students and middle school students and, and just being able to focus on uh, specifically what they're going through at their age bracket um, and discipling in, them into all that God has in store for their life. Amen? Awesome. Hey, and if you're, man, if, if God's just been stirring some things up and you're interested in serving uh, in, in our youth group, man, come talk to me after service. Okay, come talk to me after service. Uh, I would love to get you plugged in into our leadership pipeline uh, for our youth. Okay, awesome. 
Open the eyes of my heart. So this is how this series is going to go. As I was just praying and working through it, um, I don't know how long this series is going to be, okay? It's just one of these things, you know, um, I wrote a song for uh, the title of this message, and so <laughs> for Unity people, you're like, what, really? No. Um, and so it, it's just something, you know, sometimes I can preach through things and just kind of skim through topics. This is not one of these series. Um, we're just, there's just some things that God just wants us to sit in. I mean, we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, right? You can't just skim through something like that. And, and, and so what we're going to do is we're going to pause for special events like Easter um, and, and Mother's Day uh, and guest speakers. Uh, we're going to pause, but we're going to just continue this, this series of opening the eyes of my heart. And I just want to encourage you, I'm not going to recap every single time I preach this. And so if you missed one of the, the parts of this series, I want to encourage you to go online and watch it uh, or, or on our podcast. We podcast all of this too. Um, and so today I'm going to recap because uh, I didn't preach last week, Matt. Didn't Pastor Ben do an awesome job? Come on. <laughs> I said to him last week, I said, since you did a good job, you get to do it again. Come on, like, that's your reward. You get to do more work. Come on. Uh, and now we're so blessed uh, to uh, have just so many great communicators here in this house that bring just a word in the season that we're... Uh, we're in. And so, all right, open the eyes of our heart. Real quick, let's, let's recap uh, Ephesians chapter one. The apostle Paul is talking about uh, two things that open the eyes of our heart, and that's the spirit of wisdom, right? And the spirit of wisdom looks like something. It's the way of life, not just talking about living in wisdom, but it, it looks like wisdom, right? And, and then we're talking about the spirit of revelation, which is the revelation of Jesus. Uh, you cannot come to Christ without receiving the, revel the spirit of revelation, right? And this living in the spirit of revelation is continuously deep diving into the Bible, right? Into the word of God, right? So those are the two things that open the eyes of our heart. And the things that, the, the thing that what happens when the, the eyes of our heart is open, the first thing is that we begin to see situations, people, circumstance, the way Jesus does, right? And that, that's like living with, you know, the eyes of our heart open is seeing people and, and, and circumstances and situations as Jesus does. And then uh, the second part of that is, is living in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Apostle Paul says that we have max power living inside of us. The, power, the same power that lives in you and me rose, had Jesus rise again three days later. The same spirit that, that brought Jesus from the dead lives in you and me me. And so we're living in this max power. And if you've been in Christianity for, for a while, the power of the Holy Spirit uh, sometimes gets associated with, with, with like three big things, right? Um, you know, casting demons out, healing the sick and raising the dead, right? And so absolutely, like, like man, God gives us, you know, and, and if God's you know, leading you to, you know, pray for someone who's dead. Like, man, God can absolutely do that. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The thing is, is that that's about 2% of your daily life, right? And God is calling us to live 
100% in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so how does it look practically in my life? Because most of us aren't, you know, walking around, you know, in a hospital healing sick people or, or, or do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Or, or, you know, running around casting demons out. Now, if the situation, you know, comes, you know, I want you to know that we have power in the name of Jesus. That name Jesus is above every other name. But how do we live practically, right, 98% of the time? And, and we, we, we came, man, as I was just studying this week, and I just believe that God just gave me new revelation into the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and that we cannot produce fruit of the Holy Spirit unless we're accessing the power of the Holy Spirit. And within all of these things, right, within all of these things, we've been talking about there's always a demonic distraction, right, trying to distract us from, from producing fruit, trying to distract us from living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But on the other end, there's, there's always this divine interruption, God's trying to interrupt our lives to refocus us back on the God aspect of what we're going through, Okay. So the subtitle to the subtitle today is the supernatural power of producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, okay? Come on, let's pray and then we'll get into God's word today. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is, this is your moment, God. We just, we, we just ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would wash away everything from this week, from this morning. We just bind and rebuke every demonic distraction right now. We cast it back to the pit of hell. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you'd help us be focused on everything that you have in store for our life right now, this morning. Father, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way, none of me and all of you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. And so, uh, two weeks ago, uh, you know, I talked uh, about, uh, I, I talked about my coffee maker, okay? I talked about my, my coffee maker, and this coffee maker has been designed, right, to make coffee. Its, its purpose is to make delicious coffee. And, and, and you, can put, you can put water in it, and you can put a filter in it, and you can put coffee in it. And, and if this coffee maker is not plugged into a power source, it will never become what it's been created to become. And that's the same way with, with us. If we're not plugged into the power source, we can have all the right ingredients in our lives, but if we're not plugged into a power source, we will not produce what we've been created to produce. And so uh, with that in mind, let's look at um, Galatians 5, through 23, and we're literally gonna get through one today, okay? We're gonna get through one. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so we're, we're going to look at that, that first, uh, we're going to look at that, that first fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that is love. And this is such a massive, let me tell you, this is such a massive uh, subject. But here's the thing, if we can get this today, if we can get this today, for some of you today, it's literally going to transform the rest of your life, yeah. okay? Um, so when Jesus came, he came to fulfill the law, right? 
He didn't, he didn't come to do away with the law. He didn't come to say, all right, the Ten Commandments are over. Don't do those. No, no, no. He says, I, I came to fulfill the law. And he came to bring a new covenant. And, and this is going to be an awesome tie-in with our response time um, with taking communion today. Uh, he came to bring the law of love. Okay? That, that's what Jesus came to bring. Because he, he says, listen, I'm not doing away with the, the, the old law, the Ten Commandments, but I'm adding to, right? Love the Lord God, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love people. He, he brought this law of love. Okay? And not that, that God didn't love us before, but he takes a step further and, 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 and says, I'm going to show you how much I love you. And so if there was one disciple, if there was one apostle that we could say was an expert in love, it would have been the apostle John, okay? Like he's always talking about love, 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 love. Like he's always talking about the subject of, of, of love. And, and what I love about John is he's got issues just like everybody else. And, and um, he, he likes to refer to himself in the third person, Okay, listen, some advice. If you do that, please stop, okay? It's, nobody thinks it's funny, okay? It's really annoying, okay? Like, and, and he, like, he writes himself in his book, in his gospel, right? Uh, in the third person, he, he refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved, right? Like, great, John, right? Like, um, and, but man, but it's true. Like, like Jesus knew that the one thing, like, you know, beyond every other disciple that John knew about God's love. So much so that Jesus turns to John and says, take care of my mom. Love her like you would love your own mother. Like, ah. And, and, and then we see at the cross, John is the only apostle that is watching Jesus bleed to death. Why? Because he understood the love of God. He understood that the love of God transcends everything. And so let's read 1 John 4, 7 through 9 today. He says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. And so... This passage, we have the tendency, and, and teachers and, and pastors have the tendency to water down this passage, okay? And, and kind of make it associated to John 3, 16, which it, which it is, which it is. But it, he's saying something completely different. And the reason why we like to water down this passage is because if we read it, how John intended us to understand it, it becomes offensive, right? It becomes a little uh, 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 offensive, okay? And so he says this, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. These four words, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. God is love. And so this is why it's difficult to just really like understand and soak in those four words is because our culture has done such a great job 
to completely distort what that word love is. They've distorted it so much to the point where it's either a physical act or agreeing with everything that someone thinks. Right? Because we're living in a day and age, we're living in a culture, if you disagree with me, you don't love me. Like, like that's, man, that's the lie that Satan has created in our culture, and that's not what love is at all. God is love. Period. And so if you don't have God, you're not experiencing love. There's the offensive part. Well, pastor, you know, my grandmother, you, you know, she, she, I, she really loved me, but I know she didn't know Jesus, but that's, it wasn't love. But pastor, I know this, this couple that's married and they're so in love, but I know they don't know Jesus, but their marriage is so good. Guys, that's not love. That's, that's a affection or, or, or passion or whatever that is, but it's not love. God is love. Period. That's it. And here's the thing. It's because the love of God is not an attribute. Okay? Light is an attribute, right? Um, him, him being a creator is an attribute. Love is who he is. But that's who he is. He made a decision when he created the world, okay, when he created the world and, and, and the whole universe and he stepped back, right, and he said, this is good. No, 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 wait a minute. It's very good, right? He made a decision in that moment to plug his love into the world and to never unplug it again. And he, he doubles down on it by sending his only begotten son to show us what love looks like, like, like sac max love looks like. Why? So we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can actually love. Like never before in human history were they able to have the power and the love of the Holy Spirit actually live inside of them. That's why Jesus says, hey, don't you leave the upper room until you receive power. That will be your sign, right? And it was this baptism of love that just poured out in that upper room to the point where they were willing to sell everything and live together. I mean, that's supernatural love. Come on, somebody. If you've ever had anybody live with you, okay? Supernatural love there, right? And they, they experienced this, this baptism of love that, that came with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, God loves every single person exactly the same. So God loves Hitler. He loved Hitler as much as he loved Mother Teresa. He, he, man, he's already made that decision to love us. Love, God's love has nothing to do with our behavior. And so here comes the demonic distraction in that, right? Is that God's love is somehow dependent on my actions and my behavior. And so when I screw up, when I mess up, when I do something that I shouldn't be doing, when I say something that I shouldn't say, when I think something that I shouldn't be thinking, God no longer loves me in that moment. 
Like that's, that's the lie from Satan. And the apostle Paul actually says, the, the, he actually says the opposite. He says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. No supernatural entity, no person, no angel. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that's because God decided in the creation of the world that he was going to love us first. Like he made the awkward move to say, I love you first. Come on, any of you that have been in a relationship, right, that you really like the other person, right? There's that tension of, man, should I say, does she like me or as much as I like her? And, and, and should I, I, I love you, right? And, and, you know, and they don't say it back, right? There's that, that fear of rejection. Like, like God cuts through all of that and says, I love you first. And then he doubles down and says, you know what? I'm going to show you what love looks like and I'm going to send you my only begotten son to die for you. Satan is constantly distracting us when we screw up, when we mess up, when we give into sin, right? That God somehow no longer loves us. And so here's the other misconception is that the opposite of love is hate. Well, the opposite of God is not hate, right? The opposite of God is nothing, like, like if, we, we, if we don't have God, we literally have nothing. Jesus even mentions this in the gospel. He says, you can't do anything without God. And so many times Satan isn't drawing us into hatred. I mean, he would love us to, to hate other people, absolutely. But most of the time he's not drawing us into hatred. He's drawing us into nothing. Satan is drawing us into a life of nothing, and God is drawing us into a life of everything. And so, we're the ones, we're the ones that that unplug from the love of God. We're the ones that reject the love of God. We're the ones that stop praying. We're the ones that stop reading our Bible. We're the ones that stop going to church. We're the ones that stop fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ. We're the ones that, that stop, you know, you know, being accountable to one another. We're the ones that unplug. God never unplugs. He always loves us. Satan is drawing us into a life of nothing. I'll tell you right now, Satan is okay with you showing up to church as long as you do nothing. He's he's okay with you calling yourself a Christian as long as you do nothing, as long as you don't tell anybody about Jesus, as long as you don't pray, as long as you don't get into your word, as long as you are not part of the community. Man, he's fine with that. He's fine with you showing up to church and calling yourself a Christian as long as you live a life of nothing. And that's, that's constant, right? That's the divine disruption to, to, to bring us into a place of nothing, to keep us busy, to keep us distracted. And God's like, no, 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 no. No, I, I want to bring you into a life of everything. I want to bring you into a life of purpose. I mean, he literally says in Jeremiah that I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. 
which means God made a decision to love you even before you were thought in your mother's womb. And this is how we know that abortion is wrong. This is how we know that abortion is, is murder, right? Because God already has a purpose and a plan for that person. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even if you got an abortion, God still loves you. His love never left you. Even if you murdered somebody, it, it, like even if you're Hitler, like God still loves him and you're just like, why? Like what? It's because it's not based on our behavior. He already made that decision. Jesus died on the cross for people that would never love him back. And he still said it was his joy to go to the cross. And so here's the divine interruption in this, Right? Learning to accept and live in God's love, which is associated with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because some of us struggle with certain areas in our life that we actually love ourselves the way God created us. Okay? What do I mean by that? Maybe you, maybe you went through a divorce, right? And, and you can love 98% of yourself. But man, you just, you think about that failed marriage and Satan always brings it, you know, up into your heart and your mind. Look, look what a failure you are. Look, I can't believe you, you did this, right? God doesn't love you in that area of your life. And that is such a lie. Maybe you may struggle with addiction. Like every time that you do that thing, the lie of the enemy comes in and says, see, God doesn't love you anymore because you're still addicted to this thing. You're still struggling with this thing, so, so no longer does God love you. And so the divine interruption is, is to find God's love, right? Because when we find God's love, we find God's repentance. And we understand that God never stopped loving us. There's a guy in the, in the Bible by the name of Stephen and he's not in the Bible very much. And, and there's like one story about his life. But Stephen was an absolutely, he was a stud. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he begins to preach, right? And, and, and just the religious people are, are just going nuts, right? That, that he's preaching uh, about Jesus. And, and man, Stephen is, is man, he, he's praying over people and they're getting healed. Like, like signs and wonders are following Stephen. But like he's so connected to the Holy Spirit that his face begins to glow. Come on, somebody. And, and he begins to glow and look like an angel while he's preaching. And, and the religious people, this just ticked them off so much. That this is what happens in Acts 7, 57 through 60. They put their hands over their ears and began shouting. I mean, like, what are they, five? Like, you know, la, 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 la. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you serious? Like, what is wrong? But they were so disturbed. And they were, like, by the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And guys, man, this is what should happen when we open our Bible. We should feel convicted. Man, we, man it, it's the, we should allow the, the Spirit of God through the Word of God to convict our heart and to change the way we live. And they didn't want to hear what Stephen had to say. So they rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats, 
laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul as they stoned him. Stephen prayed. Like, this is not normal, like, love. Like, like this is just, they're throwing rocks at the dude's face. Like, I don't know too many people that would be thinking about not themselves, right, in this moment, right, or trying to protect themselves or, or trying to escape from this moment. Instead, Stephen prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin, and then he dies. Like, that is only done by supernatural power through the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is, and this is how God loves us. I, I remember, um, so I did drugs and partied for about seven years of my life. But there was like a year of my life where I was just a complete disaster, right? Um, it was like right after college, you just seeking for a, another identity. You know, I played sports and lost that. And, and, and so I was just in this year of my life where, where I, I was high or, or drunk almost every single day. And, and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, I, I was just, and I just remember I was at a buddy's apartment and I was snorting Coke uh, that night and just taking pills. Whatever pills were available, you, you know, you just take them because you just want to numb yourself from your life. And it was 3.30 in the morning and I, I walk out on this balcony and I'm just completely gone, right? Now, I was raised in church, okay? I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid and, and like multi-generation pastor's kid, okay? I went to a, you know, a, a Christian university. I have a, I have a minor in Bible, right? Like I, I was like, like I knew scripture and, and, you know, and I'm standing on this balcony 3.30 in the morning, completely blitzed out of my mind and, and I sense the love of God in that process and I sense his voice and he said, Andrew, you see that sidewalk that goes into that, that dark woods he goes, that's the road you want, you're on. And it doesn't, there's no light at the end of this road. It just keeps getting darker. And like, even when I'm far from God, he's still chasing after me. I could still feel his love. A couple weeks later, a couple weeks later, um, I take my, my last paycheck from, uh, I worked for the government at the time, go figure. And uh, I wanted to be a drug dealer, you know? I just, that's what I wanted to be is. Listen, when you're disconnected from Jesus, okay, you have really dumb ideas, <laughs> okay? Your ideas are dumb, okay? They're stupid. And so I'm like, I just, look, you know, we, it's funny, Don and I joke about this, that now we were into like small groups before they were a thing in church, right? Like we had our alcoholic group on Tuesdays. We had our pothead group on Wednesdays. We had, we, had, we had the guys that like to trip on Thursdays, right? Like we were, and I'm like, man, this would be great. I'll just sell drugs to all of these people that are already coming to our house. And so I was supposed to meet Scorpio and Z, which I'm pretty sure that was the real names, um, <laughs> at this drop-off point. Like I, I was at a party and, and I was waiting for a phone call and they were about an hour outside the drop-off point of, of where I was supposed to meet them. And that phone call never comes. Never comes that night. The next morning, I, I hear that these two guys that were supposed to meet me uh, ended up getting arrested before they got to the drop-off point. 
And in that moment, right, with all of my dysfunction, the Holy Spirit speaks to me through his love and says, I'm not going to let you do that to your life. Guys, this is the love of God. This is who we serve. We serve a God whose love is always plugged in to our situation, to our life, to our circumstance. And it's up to us whether or not we're going to accept it for every area of our life. We look at the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to end with this this morning and then we'll transition into communion. But if you know the story of the prodigal son, right? He, he, gets, he wants his inheritance from his dad. Dad gives it to him. He goes off and he blows it completely, right? Drugs, alcohol, you know, prostitutes, whatever. Blows it. Ends up in a pigsty. Just the lowest point of his life. And this is his thought process. I'll go back to dad and be a servant. I'll go, I, I, can, I can serve the Father. And that's some of our mindset today. I've screwed up a lot in my life. I've messed up. I've done this. I've done that. And so, you know, maybe if I just serve a lot, maybe if I just do a lot of good works, then God will love me. And so he, he, he's got this speech all written out for the father, right? He's ready to go. He's ready to tell dad, dad, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll just serve. I'll, I'll just work for you for the rest of my life, right? Really to just make up for everything that I blew and messed up, right? And so when he goes to the father, listen, the father's already ready to meet him. Like he realizes every day the father's going out searching for his son, right? And, and, and then he, he comes to the father and the father hugs him and kisses him. And he's like, okay, dad, let, let me read the speech that I wrote about becoming your servant, and the father doesn't want to hear it. And he puts a ring on his finger and says, you've always been the son. Today, we, guys, if you don't wake up every morning knowing that you're a son and a daughter, it's, there's a love issue in your life. Some area, and, and, and listen, you know, and, and I'm not talking about loving yourself to the point where you know, you're taking selfies in random bathrooms. Like, like, that's not love. Like, I don't know what that is, but that's not love, right? Like, like, I'm talking about when you put your head on your pillow at night, you know that God loves you even in the darkest places of your life. Because I know for a fact that when I was in my darkest moments, the Father still loved me. And the reason why we're sitting on this subject today is because, you know, we're going to talk about joy next week, maybe, I think. <laughs> and, and I was looking, as I was praying this week and just looking at the fruit of the Holy Spirit, like, I actually think they're in order on purpose. That you ha we have to get this love thing first. Because if we don't get the love thing first, there's no way we can produce joy in our life. Because joy is based on faithfulness. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Okay, that, God's love is, is not. He already made that decision. 
And so we, we can't understand that God loves me no matter what. Man, how can we walk in the joy of the Lord, which is supposed to be his strength, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to get this. And so that means... Some of, man, this is hard. Like, some of you have been abused, like horrifically, and you didn't deserve that. And God wants you to know today, he loves you. And he never stopped loving you. Some of you, have, man, you've gone through horrific divorces. You've gone through just verbal abuse and, and mental abuse and, and sexual abuse and the only way we can find healing from some of those things, one is by allowing the power of the Holy Spirit into those spaces, but knowing that God loves us. And here's the hard thing. And God loved the other person that abused us. And so today is a day of allowing God into every space of our life. And, and switching the mentality in, in our heart from, okay, God, I'll just do work. I'll just serve you. I'll just, I'll serve you. And, and I'll just, I'll just do for you. Instead, God's like, no, no, no. I want you to be with me. The father's like, I just, come on, let's throw a party. Why? I just want to be with you. I just want to spend time with you. I just want to hug you. I just want to kiss you. I just want you to experience the love that I have for you that is at max capacity right now. And it's not based on your behavior. let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning oh I feel Jesus today oh Jesus maybe you would say today first things first pastor I've never said yes to Jesus I've never really experienced the love of God that you're talking about this unconditional love that loves me no matter what or maybe today you've man you've gotten off track and you've just been distracted by the things of this world, and you need to refocus today. You need to recommit your life to loving God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, just slip it up. Yep, thank you, God. Just put it down. Yep, awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask as a church, we would help those making the greatest decision of their life today. And repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.